You're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm Gandalf. I'm Matt. And I'm Nathan Van Horn. The Bible is the most read book ever, but to some, it is merely fiction. Join our conversations as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true, it's better than fiction. To learn more about the show or to contact us directly, visit us online at www.betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. Welcome back, listener, to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast, and it's so good of you to join us for yet another 30 minutes of discussing the biblical narrative. Now, I know a lot of you have been riveted over the past couple episodes about our our land promise, and uh, some of you probably not so much, but we've got good news for you. Good news or bad news? Uh, We're done with the land promise, right? Our icon, what what was the, what's the phrase, Nathan, you used to? Our, um... Iconic uh, land promise episode. No, no, no. I, I think I said. I think I said famous, and then someone wrote in and said infamous. Because uh, remember, it, it turned my mind to that uh, scene from the Three Amigos when they're talking about El Huapo, and they said he's not just famous; he's infamous. Oh, uh, <laughs> and uh, and he, and they clearly don't understand what the word means, and certainly no one who, uh, no one would actually refer to our land promise episodes as famous or infamous. Uh, infamous. Well, moving on to words that we don't necessarily know what they but mean. But it's going to get more exciting today. <laughs> That's right. So, for instance, uh, we've been listening to a song in our car. Um, it's you remember the Rich Mullins song, "Awesome God." Yeah, it's been there. A while. It's been around a while. Well, during Rich Mullins, the, miss that guy. Yeah, Vacation Bible School. The kids learned a variation of that, and so my youngest daughter, Lucy. Every time we listen to the song, wants to know why the word blood is in the song. She hears it and she cannot understand why it's in there. She, Emmy, every time we listen to the song, Dad, why is that word in there? What does that mean? And so, nonetheless, it's taking me back to a lot of times in church where you mention a word and not everyone knows what it means. And then sometimes you mention a word and people do know what it means and want to know how you're going to navigate that particular word and that particular topic. And one such word occurs in this passage, and that word is circumcision. And so that's there it what is. Yeah, Circum- circumcision is one of those. Uh, Gandalf made the joke beforehand. He said, "You know, Matt just spent two and a half years preaching through John. I, gu- I guarantee he doesn't do that with Song of Solomon." Um, <laughs> the uh, but you but know, circ- like cir- circumcision is like a word. Like when it occurs in the Bible, it's kind of like when concubine yeah. occurs in the Bible. Uh, in fact, uh, my Sunday school teacher that um, in my class. You like uh, read it in a muffled tone, right? Yeah, he was. We were navigating parts of uh, Solomon's life a few weeks ago on the Explore the Bible curriculum, and anyway, the the word concubine was mentioned, and uh, he he started to say, "So, like, well, this is what a concubine is," and he he explained it, and he l- looked at me, and he's like, "Did did that do it justice?" And I just said, "Man, I'm not touching it." <laughs> but uh, he he did a great job with that lesson. But we all know words like that. And we've all been, if you're a teacher, especially when you have to navigate a subject like this and people are kind of grinning at you, it's like, okay, or, or how are we going sni- to get to Jesus from here? That's it. Yeah. I think of people like people are snickering, like, you know, that's mu- right. there's muffled laughter. And, and you know, you have, essentially it's like dance, preacher, dance. Let's see, you to, let's see you get to the gospel at the end of this message. 
Uh, um, yeah. Listener, you don't even want to know about the pre the the pre episode warm up where you're trying to come up with a name for this podcast. <laughs> you don't even want to know. That's right. I, we <laughs> la- landed on the name suggested by Nathan after going through about 15 names, which were wildly inappropriate, but <laughs> we eventually landed on one uh, for Nathan. So knives you know, out, knives that, out, knives out. That's right. That's all right. you listener. All you need to know is that I'm the best Christian on this podcast. That's right. Um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> not I am. And I'm not. Oh, <laughs> so, or in their heart of hearts. No man is ever truly more than 12 years old. So <laughs> do, do we ever grow up? But we do want to look at the subject today, but how it pertains to the story, because that's what this podcast is about. It's not a, podcast about subjects. It's a podcast about a story. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to read today from Genesis chapter 17, verses 9 through 14. And as always, this comes from the ESV. And I'll read, and then we'll start to talk about the the story here. And God said to Abraham, as for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your offspring after you throughout their generations. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your offspring after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised. You shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins. It shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. He who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised. Every male throughout your generations, whether born in your house, bought or bought with your money from any foreigner who is not of your offspring. Both he who is born in your house and he who is bought with your money shall surely be circumcised. So shall my covenant be in your flesh an everlasting covenant. Any uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. So before we get any further, if you do not know what circumcision is, it is the removal of the foreskin of the male genital. So why in the world are we talking about that subject? And why is that even in the Bible, Dr. Yeah, I was was about to say, you started with what? I think most people hear circumcision and they do not start with what? They know all too well. They, They start with why. It's one of those, if it weren't there, why would you invent it? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, why? Why is this a big deal? But to me, why is maybe not the best question to start with. To hey, me, b- before oh. we go, let me ask a question real quick. Because uh, I know Gandalf, you've talked about this before. One of the objections to the Bible and its uh, relevance in today is circumcision that it makes a big deal about circumcision. People who are agnostic and atheistic uh, or just just secular is like, listen, we've got a book here talking about like removing the foreskin off of a genital. Like, mm-hmm. why is this still still relevant? Like, I know you've talked about that stuff with your friends. Like, the, like it, it's, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, hey, look, here's an example of why this book is crazy. Right. Like that's, that's a good, that's a go-to. Right, right. So, oh. sorry about that, Nathan. Yeah, so uh, believers and non-believers alike are asking the why question. Right. Mm-hmm. And 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 back to where I was going, I, I don't know that why is the best question to start with. For me, where is maybe a more interesting question. Um, so, 
this is on the cusp of this is right before, you know, this is right after the Ishmael stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And right before the Isaac stuff, that's, that's a big thing. It's mm -hmm. interesting where it crops in elsewhere in the narrative. You know, when we were covering the flood in uh, Genesis 6, we made the point there that it never describes God as being angry in the flood story. Mm. Right. And, and we, right. we pointed out grieved. that the, yeah, he was grieved. Um, the first place in scripture where it does talk about God being angry is with whom? Moses. This is top 10 on everybody's weird passages in the Old Testament. Is that fair, Matt? That's definitely fair. This is right after Moses and God at Sinai at a lodging place on the way the Lord met him and sought to put him to death. Um, then Zipporah took a flint and cut off her son's foreskin and touched Moses's feet with it. Uh, and there's debate over whether that's literally his feet uh, or if that's euphemistic for his genitals. Uh, touched her and touched Moses's feet with it and said, surely you are a bridegroom of blood to me. So he let him alone. It was then that she said a bridegroom of blood because of the circumcision. So what in the world is going on in that passage, right? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's interesting. This is right after Moses has met God at Sinai. So it's right before God's going to set his people free from slavery in Egypt. Mm -hmm. um, and something happens in these verses. Uh, and it says that the Lord met them and sought to put him to death. Now there's debate whether God is seeking to put Moses to death or God is seeking to put one of Moses's sons to right, death. Possibly Gershom. Pre presumably Gershom. Yeah. Um, and, and even though the he the Hebrew of that passage is terribly ambiguous, but it seems to be that whatever God was doing, it came down to the fact that Moses's son was not what? Circumcised. Because right. Zippor Zipporah takes action and she abates whatever seemed like it was going to happen by circumcising her son. Either uh, doing what Moses had refused to do because the father did not you know, he presumably, possibly did not circumcise Gershom on the eighth day. Um, or maybe there's something else at play there. But you're saying it, it's a big deal. Somebody was about to die. It's a <laughs> yeah, clearly this is important. It's a big deal. Yeah. Uh, fast forward, uh, uh, fast forward a little bit more, you know, in the beginning of the book of Joshua. It's interesting. When we think of Joshua, we think of bloody conflict and combat. And yet... What's amazing to me is all of the violence in Joshua happens in a handful of chapters, chapters six through 12. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you have almost as many chapters, one through five, that just talk about the spiritual preparation for the people entering the land. And one of the last things that they do is what? Circumcising an entire generation that was born in the wilderness. Right. Why, sharpen, your, why? sharpen your knives, Israel. That's... <laughs> Uh, yeah, not to fight if not to fight someone else uh, right. to, to circumcise your men. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, by the way, I have an Old Testament professor friend, uh, and he he takes a pretty symbolic take on um, circumcision. And we we can come back to this. He sees the 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 peeling back and the the removal of the foreskin is kind of rolling back the reproach of the wilderness. And mm -hmm. you'll 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 find that in some commentaries. But but again, it's not it's not just the what; it's the where. Before Moses goes before Pharaoh, circumcision's a really big deal. Before the people take possession of the land, promise to guess who? Abraham. 
uh, right. circumcision is a really big deal. Before Abraham and Sarah have Isaac, circumcision is presented for the first time. It's a really big deal. Fast forward more. Go to the New Testament. Uh, the New Testament, you have four canonical gospels, right? Uh, as as John says, you know, in honor of Matt's two and a half year sermon series, um, uh, as John says, man, if we wrote everything there were to write about Jesus, there were there wouldn't be enough books in the world to contain it, right? right? And so I think we can all agree that when it comes to recording things about Jesus, space is at a premium. Right. No one's life uh, is that interesting outside of Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and and yet within the limited space that we have to canonically talk about the life of Jesus, we include account of his circumcision on the eighth day. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Uh, like how, how does that pun intended make the cut? Right. Um, uh, I think of Paul, Paul and Paul will get into some hot water. Uh, this could easily spill over into a second episode. Surprise. Uh, Paul will get into hot water with his Jewish contemporaries uh, because he will say that Abraham is the father of circumcision and uncircumcision alike. He will argue that it's not necessary for Gentile believers, at least possibly Jewish believers as well, to be circumcised. Uh, Paul's view on the circumcision of other Jews is debated among scholars, so that's fodder for another time. If we yeah. ever get to the New Testament, we'll have our thoughts spelled out by then. Yeah, you um, know what's interesting to me, uh, Nathan, is in Galatians, where in, I believe it's Galatians chapter 2, if I'm remembering correctly, that Titus, who was a Greek, he was not Jewish, felt compelled to be circumcised based on the teaching of the Jewish party. That, and I've often wondered as what was their play here? Because Titus had obviously been discipled by Paul, but, you know, there was some teaching there that compelled you know, made Titus feel compelled to get circumcised, even though he's not Jewish. So I only bring that up to say is that well, we don't talk about circumcision at all. But in the early church, I mean, this is what they were having like Bible study on. <laughs> yeah. And that's and, I mean, I, and talk well, about I, commitment I, night at camp. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, oh, oh, man. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, the, uh, yeah, it's not come down and be baptized. Um, <laughs> that's right. The uh, one, and here's, you know, again, to Paul, uh, Philippians 3 is important to me because the same Paul um, who gets in hot water over navigating the issue of uh, Jew, Gentile, works of the law, ergatunamu. And by the way, notice how often this is food for another day. Notice how often it's never just an abstract doctrine of justification. Paul's books that are heaviest in justification language are also heaviest in Jew-Gentile language, and you almost always have a navigation to the point you just made of the issue of circumcision, right? Right. That is certainly the case in uh, Galatians. That's certainly the case in Romans. Um, and and again, it's of, of all, the, how does that make the cut? Why is this such a... Um, why is this issue such a, an important one to navigate? But the same Paul who gets into hot water over it goes out of his way to mention his own circumcision on the eighth day when he's talking right. about his spiritual resume outside of Christ. You know, in, in Philippians 3, 4 following, uh, he said, though I myself um, have reason for confidence in the flesh also, if anyone thinks that he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. The very first thing he mentions is circumcised on the eighth day. Mm-hmm. That's So that's huge. And, and, uh, and this is the passage where that enters the biblical story. 
Um, so I remember when we were a few years ago looking through stacks of resumes for a youth minister. Uh, the certainly one, no one included that. <laughs> yeah, certainly nobody included circumcised on the eighth day. But uh, one resume that we looked at, uh, the first thing that was mentioned high. My name's such and such, and I'm experienced driving a 15 passenger van. That was the that, first thing he said about that's, himself. That's so, right. Yeah. So no, nobody's introducing themselves today. Is hi and listen. I, listen, I'm legit. Like I'm, I'm credentialed. I, I'm circumcised, circumcised but not just circumcised. Circumcised on the eighth day. The eighth day. I did this God's way. Oh, <laughs> uh, this didn't have is. to go back and be corrected. I did this God's way. No compromise here. Yeah, and Matt, you mentioned um, you mentioned Galatians chapter two, right? Uh, Correct. Where there where there's pressure on Titus to be right. circumcised, even though he's a Greek, right? Um, so where where are they getting this idea? Uh, where, why is Paul having to navigate circumcision not only for Jews but for Greeks? And it's all based back in this passage, man. Well, Genesis seventeen, because. It was not just Isaac who was going to be circumcised and Abraham, but Ishmael, and then also all the servants of his household. This means our boy Eliezer of Damascus, he got circumcised. Man, he yeah. just comes, he, he's getting the wrong end in everything, man. <laughs> I feel bad for Eliezer. Uh, that's right. Yeah, it, not this is why are you the, not getting the inheritance, you have to get circumcised. Yeah, this is, why yeah. Elie, this is why Eliezer does not reappear directly in the text. Eliezer is staying very quiet while all this is being discussed. <laughs> but I do have a question, though. Um, Nathan mentioned the people being very concerned with the what, and I, I am, unfortunately, I'm going to go back to the what. Mm-hmm. My question is why circumcision as a sign of the covenant and not like, you know, cutting off your pinky finger or like clipping your ear or something that's like there, more visible and less painful. There are, there are mm. other ways to mark your people. <laughs> yeah, that, that's right. That's right. What about a tattoo? Uh, like, uh, yeah, something like a that. tattoo on your shoulder. Uh, or, and, or and, 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 and why can't it be like high school where our, where our clothing trends indicated who we were like, the, you know, <laughs> the, the skater kids wearing their Jinkos. Y'all remember Jinko jeans? I remember Jinkos. Uh, yeah. Do you I even know what Jinkos ta- are? I've heard Gandalf. tale legends oh, whispers man. in the dark. Gosh, uh, man! You remember, and like there, there are different fads that would happen. Like if you, everybody who was anybody would bring like a digipet to school, mm. or like yo-yos made a comeback Digipet. for a little while. I thought it was gigapet. Uh, there were several g- brands: Tamagotchi, Tamagotchi, Tamagotchis. Yeah. So whatever they were, yeah. Right. Obviously, I had an off-brand one way to way to bring up my insecurities. Yeah, no, uh, Nathan. <laughs> Nathan, did you ever wear Airwalks? I had a pair of Airwalks. Yeah, I did too. Those were comfortable shoes. Um, um, okay, but a great question. So Nathan, the and just to remind our audience, what Gandalf has just asked is, if I'm understanding you correctly, is why circumcision? Why on the male genital? Why not the pinky finger? You know, why not, you know, a mark on the shoulder? Or, I mean, gosh, you know, Cain uh, gets a sign on his forehead. You know, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's not implied that, you know, and, uh, and, and again, to the earlier thing, you know, and to, to give the Jewish people and the Judaizers of Paul's day, um, uh, you know, to give them a little bit of credit for them, it was unthinkable that these Gentiles would want to be Christians outside of first becoming Jews. And right. for them, it's like, are they even really putting their faith? in the Jewish God, if they won't practice circumcision. 
That's for them, fair. for them, that was, I mean, that was a tectonic shift. So how well, can Paul, how, how can Paul take that position based on Genesis 17? Very uh, true. But so that, deal, I mean, we, we, we've got to navigate that. Yeah. Yeah. To deal though with what Gandalf is talking about is why there, like why this, why, why not something else? Why not a mark on the forehead? Why not, you know, a branding on the hand? Uh, why is it? You know, well, you don't before. want you don't want it to be confused with the mark of the beast. That's easy. Oh, that's right. That's true. I didn't even think about that. That's funny. Um, mighty, <laughs> mighty comfortable with the forehead and the wrist, Matt. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> uh, so funny. Okay, Suspect okay. Tattoo theology. on the shoulder. All right, something like that. All right, not forehead and wrist. I didn't even catch myself. That's funny. Uh, but but anyway, so why is it you know the foreskin of the male genital? So. Let me address Gandalf the the where, not just the not the where in the story, as uh, Dr. Van Horn addressed, but the where on the body. So, as you made the point, Gandalf, if it is a sign, who would the sign be for? I mean, can you tell if a man is circumcised by looking at him in normal company? If everyone yeah, not, is. Everyone is not in normal circumstance, right? Normal circumstance. There are some major breakdowns of social norms. If you're able to look at someone and determine whether or not they're circumcised in normal company, because that means uh, somebody doesn't have their clothes on. But well, yeah, and, and even the language of the passage is explicitly, it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you, between me and you. So we talked about this. I mean, the only place where people were naked and unashamed was Eden. And then mm-hmm. after they came out of Eden, remember we talked about. Which is, the, by the way, also where, also where you generate clothing. Like, again, Genesis, mm-hmm. end of Genesis 2, the man is comfortable with his God and his wife seeing him naked and he's unashamed. Right. Genesis 3, right after sin enters the picture, their initial response is, we need to cover ourselves up. We need to cover. And then Genesis 4, in the sanctity of marriage, what we talked about is the one place where we're uncovered and unashamed to remind us of that lost echo of Eden when a man and wife come together, when we talked about Adam laying with his wife. So, for instance, who is this a sign for? Well, it's a sign between Abraham and his God, but also Abraham and his wife, and not just Abraham and his wife, but all of the Jews, this is a reminder that their very existence is the result of a miracle birth because Isaac is going to be born. And this, this whole idea of circumcision, which would only be exposed to an under, another individual uh, outside of, you know, like changing a kid's, you know, diapers, if there was such a thing in the ancient world. Um, would be between a man and his wife. And the very aspect and concept of a man and a wife exposing themselves towards each other, at least in the biblical sense, is for procreation. So every time a man and a woman come together, they are reminded our very existence as a people is a miracle. And they are reminded that they are marked as God's people and they are marked as God's people by a miracle birth that's ultimately going to lead to another one, which is Jesus. But it, I think, I think the sign 
is on the reproductive organ of the male to be a reminder to him and her, the family, that their very existence is the answer of a promise. Yeah, and and again, I think this is an important hinge between Genesis and Exodus. Again, God's first commandment to Adam is to be fruitful and multiply. Right. Right. God chooses as the recipient of this grand covenant, a man and wife who are childless. And yet one of the first things that will be said at the beginning of Exodus is they will pull in Genesis 1 language. Israel was multiplying rapidly, right? They were teeming like the fish in the seas. In right. Genesis, in Genesis one, and but at, at this point, that aspect of the promise is not fulfilled. So I do think it's interesting that God is marking the reproductive organ of Abraham, and again tying that to Genesis one through three as well. You do have that Jewish vein of interpretation, which sees Abraham as um, God's means. You know, when things go wrongly with Adam. Uh, You have that Jewish vein of interpretation. Well, God did not achieve his creation purposes working through Adam's line. I guess he'll start over with Abraham's line instead. Yeah. And he's going to mark Abraham's line to separate them as a people. Yeah. In other words, the last descendant who got marked in some way, shape or form was Cain. Mm -hmm. So I I don't know. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, Does that answer it, Gandalf? I mean, is that a sufficient (laughs) response? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that makes complete sense to me. Yeah, Matt, what was he going to say there? No, let's talk more about circumcision. <laughs> <laughs> actually, guys, let's talk. But you know what? That actually does touch on it because it is a weird thing. But if there's one thing I've learned in producing this podcast for you know the the past you know year and change is that it's it's in here for a reason, right? That's like, a, the, right. The, the weird stuff's not arbitrary. Like nothing up to this point has been in there for no reason or without meaning. Why would this be any different? So mm. uh, I'm always interested to see in ha- these things that we normally want to. And, and it's not just in there for a reason. It's a paramount reason to an ancient Jewish person. If you ask, mm. if you ask a modern Christian, why do we do thus and such at church? There is probably a whole lot of stuff that a lot of people at church have no idea why we do what we do because it's. It's just the hangover of a tradition of 2,000 years of church history. This is like and, that joke about the meatloaf. <laughs> that's right. Where, where she cuts her end off the meatloaf, and she asks her mom why she cut off the end of the meatloaf, and they go to the grandma, and the grandmother's meatloaf pot wasn't big enough for a whole meatloaf, so she, by necessity, cut the end. And everyone, even regardless of the pot size after that, they still kept cutting the end off the meatloaf. That's right. That is not a direct link to circumcision. I'm sorry. That was that was not intentional by <laughs> him. But the whole time I was thinking, yeah. please don't please don't say it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. But but getting at what I was saying is every Jewish boy can tell you why they're circumcised because we are people set apart by God mm. as the result of a miracle. This is and, and remember, Israel is going to be called God's firstborn son. That's right. And mm. th- this is what Ver, God Ver, is. Timeout verses before, verses before Moses or Gershom is almost killed for Gershom not being circumcised. That's right. Israel is my firstborn son is in Exodus 4, 22 and 23. The mm-hmm. very next verses are, hey, oh, by the way, Mo- Moses, you didn't circumcise your son. Um, right. And, and we do need to wrap up talking about this because I don't think it's a whole nother episode's worth. Why after Jesus, Matt? Why after Jesus is circumcision of Gentiles 
something to be discussed and navigated because this promise that is in Abraham, this promise that is demonstrated and passed on to future generations through the ongoing circumcision of, of Jewish males is a promise that is leading toward Jesus, right? Right. So uh, here's, what I, here's what I would say is I want to remind us of the purpose of the Israelite, the, the descendant of Abraham in the Old Testament, is I don't want to read, I don't want to overread the New, Twist, the New Testament on it. I don't want to see Jesus everywhere, the whole I see Jesus, I see Jesus. That, well, mm-hmm. the only point of the Israelites was to produce Jesus. No, I mean, the, God called Israel to, to be his, you know, mediator to the world. They were to be a nation of priests and th- they were to be a blessing to the world and stuff like that. The problem is that they didn't do it perfectly until the perfect Israelite came along, that being Jesus. And then once that was accomplished, the the perfect mediation to the world is accomplished. And therefore, there's there's no longer a reason to look forward in a reproductive sense of the seed that is coming in the future, not just looking back to Isaac, but coming in the future being messianic. Once Jesus comes, that part is fulfilled. At least that's my understanding. Well, and you have this shift that's in Deuteronomy and then picked up in Jeremiah and Jeremiah importantly gives us the language of the new covenant as well. uh, That will, and Paul picks this up in Romans, the circumcision of the heart. Mm. Um, And so uh, there's, there's more uh, for us to discuss that way, but I do think this is, Pointing us forward to Jesus, I think that is why uh, the Gospel of Luke takes time to mention that Jesus as the faithful Israelite. Part of it's, it's the same reason Jesus is baptized in Matthew. Jesus is not baptized for the forgiveness of sin, uh, but God's people pass through the water, right? That's an Exodus right. thing. Um, mm. um, Jesus doesn't have any reproach to, to roll back, uh, but right. Jewish males in pursuit of the promise are circumcised. Uh, on the eighth day. And so you see those things in Jesus uh, who will ultimately fulfill those things. Um, And so more could be said, not less, uh, but we'll come back to it another time uh, because there's plenty of other passages in the Old Testament that talk about circumcision. Well, listener, if you want to be set apart, I've got a way easier way so you can make that happen. And that's by subscribing to the Better Than Fiction Bob podcast. That's right. That way you can be set apart from all the people who aren't getting notifications every Tuesday morning when we release a new episode. So plus, plus mark, check, mark, heart, like, thumbs up, whatever that looks like on your platform of choice. We'll be back next week to continue discussing the grand narrative of God's story. Until then, we'll see you next week. See you next time. Shalom. Nathan, you were, you were dangerously close to being a part of the longest episode.